Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx presence in the comic industry, with a special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hello and welcome to episode number 20, guys. How are you guys doing? Hello, I'm doing great. I'm doing amazing. <laughs> and uh, we are your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. It is such a nice <laughs> reprieve from the hot weather. This, oh my God. Today's yeah. weather was just um, what I was hoping for uh, during the summertime. It's just so nice and it's uh, a little bit uh, still sticky from uh, all of the hurricanes and stuff that's going on and, and the fires of the, and all that stuff. Of the United States, but um, it was just so nice. I literally almost um, died and or killed other people <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last two weeks um, at home. It was just so hot. Oh, man. man. Temperatures were high, not only outside, but in the home. Yes. Like, I like I almost bit my little sister's head off because <laughs> just looking at her made me angry. <laughs> wow, uh, guys. I told Eddie, uh, the divorce uh, slash murder rates must be sky high in tropical locales because I don't know how they can do it. Uh, it's just, um, it, it, for something that you're not used to, it, yeah, it really, uh, it, it really grates on your nerves when you're just uncomfortable and you're, there's no, uh, there's no way for you to cool down and you mm -hmm. open the window and nothing but hot air blows in your face. Yep. <laughs> if at all. I mean, if at all, yeah, yeah, there was no right. wind. No right. breeze yeah. at all. So for those of you who don't, um, really uh, know the geography of Los Angeles. I live in what's considered the South Bay of LA, and so um, what that means is that uh, I live about four miles from the beach. And at nighttime, and actually about late afternoon, three or four o'clock, there is an ocean breeze that just starts coming into um, in inland, and it just cools down. You just open up the doors, and it cools down the house, and it's really nice. And yeah, these last couple of weeks, there was just the air was so still. I took every and all excuse to stay in Santa Monica because I did not <laughs> want to go back home because I live in South Central. Yeah, and that's hot. It's hot. It's not hot. As, period. Not as hot as downtown LA, where yeah. I'm pretty sure people were like, if if murder rate is high in tropical areas <laughs> in downtown it was hella high mm -hmm. uh but it's um uh yeah it was unbearable being home because like we have an ac but you literally had to be in front of it yes. to feel it because yeah. like at like at two three four o'clock when the heat is at its highest it cannot be felt at all and just to feel it you have to close the windows and all that stuff or and have the fan on and it wasn't it wasn't doing it. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was sick. I had a cold. Oh, it was horrible. Being sick in hot weather is uh, very horrible. It was. I don't think Not I've thin. ever experienced it before. I I always get sick in like the winter time. Mm -hmm. uh, so my husband came home from uh, from work and he insisted on trying to get me an extra fan. 
to be comfortable. Yeah. Well, we went <laughs> and they were all sold out. Yes. <laughs> it was the same happened to Eddie. It was frustrating and I was sick and I had a cough and I had a fever and it was just like miserable. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. You sound better. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have yeah. a tiny cough, but it's nothing compared to uh, before. And I really over-medicated. I took some... NyQuil, generic brand, and I also mixed in some XL34. It's a Mexican drug. (laughs) I actually bought it in Tijuana. Oh, okay. Because I was like, you know, I want to be prepared. And, um, yeah, it did come in handy. Oh. Um, um, It did make me feel super loopy. But at least it was better than feeling hot. <laughs> so. You didn't care how hot it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't care. I'm sweating. I really literally felt like, I don't know if you guys have seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. There was this one vampire who was like in a pool, but he was so big and fat. Yes, I and remember. Naked. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, then there were other vampires who would like, yes, like pour uh, the water. Pour the water on it. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. That's exactly how I felt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, we were lucky enough to have a friend who had a portable uh, air conditioner, the kind that uh, you can move from room to room. Uh, He lent us the one that he had because he was going out of town and he didn't need it. And so I drove all the way to the valley and now I never go to the valley. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in this This horrible weather. But I drove all the way to the valley last Friday and I picked it up and I brought it home and oh my gosh, it was exactly what we needed. Um, We were able to cool down the house. I was just sitting on uh, the couch watching Netflix uh, uh, all night long and all through the weekend and if it wasn't for um, if it wasn't for our friends to be so generous to let us borrow uh, that air conditioner seriously I would be here to here today telling you that I was um, getting a divorce <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool like I actually I saw the picture and I was like oh, why don't I have one of those so they're really expensive yeah, um, they're like 300 and they're big. Um, it actually was not as big as I thought it was going to oh, be. I'm sure really? there's bigger ones, but um, this particular one was uh, was a nice size. It wasn't necessarily um, too big and didn't take up too much space. But mm-hmm. so I was enjoying my Netflix all weekend, um, <laughs> and uh, I was a happy little camper. And that actually brings me to my chisme de la semana. Uh, my chisme this week is something that I'm a little bit sad about. I understand what's going on, but I'm sure a lot of you have already heard that Disney uh, is going to uh, be rolling out a streaming service of their own, um, and it's going it's due to be coming out in uh, late 2019. And so what that means, the achievement that came out this week, yesterday, is that uh, Netflix will no longer be carrying Marvel and Star Wars movies. Yes, I watch all of my, um, I watch all of my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Netflix whenever I get a hankering to, um, to watch over any of the movies. I... Uh, I go on Netflix and I watch them. And Netflix has been, um, you know, when they do like recommendations for you, all of my recommendations are all superhero related stuff. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they're taking them off. I'm assuming that 
um, their actual Netflix originals that are Marvel are going to stay because that is um, that was a deal that they had revolving around that. But yeah, mm-hmm. all the other stuff is going to be gone. But it will be on Disney streaming, so it's not that you can't uh, access it. But what that means is that you're going to now have to shell out money for an additional additional streaming service. Like right now I have Hulu and Netflix and it covers all of my needs for the most part. And I have mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. Um, mm-hmm. But I never watch TV on that. I, that's just mostly for shopping. But yeah. <clears throat> I that's terrible. I'm not pleased. Because like, <laughs> like, you pay for cable and then I have Netflix and well, I'm actually mooching Hulu off my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you had to pay? That's the thing. It's like five dollars here, seven dollars there, twelve here, eleven here. It I mean, it's, up. Yeah, exactly. Like, I might as well just cancel yes. everything and stick to cable and actually watch TV. Like yes. God. Um, <laughs> that's the thing is that there's a lot of uh, a lot of. Um, Network television channels that are doing this as well. Um, for example, well, HBO mm-hmm. Go, but even um, CBS, ABC. Like, if you don't have, if you don't have cable, um, like each of them have apps, and you can watch their TV shows on your app on your TV or on your computer. Um, if you put in your cable access code, but if you don't have it, you actually have to pay for access. To CBS, ABC, something that's free, that used to be free, that you, before digital, you only had to turn on the TV and you could watch those things for free, but now you have to pay. Like, just like how uh, CW took all their stuff off, oh, of, absolutely. off mm-hmm. of Hulu a while ago, and that's what they did. They launched their own streaming system mm-hmm. um, service. And so, yeah, pretty soon it's going to come to that where mm-hmm. you're going to, because in the beginning, Netflix was all by themselves, and so they've got mm-hmm. all of these deals that they made and contracts. But those contracts are coming to an end. Yeah, and now they're all making their own streaming yes. services. But I, they're going to find out very soon that uh, millennials are stingy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am stingy as hell. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll spend my money on something. Okay? Uh-huh. Like, I'll, I'll drop that dough where, <laughs> where it needs to be dropped. Where it needs to be dropped. But, like, signing up for all these streaming services just to watch one show yeah forget it honey <laughs> forget it like uh-uh i'm not going to be doing that i'll just pirate it off like that's it i'm i'm gonna be real here i know right i mean yeah. there's so many people like in other countries that are like i can't believe you guys pay to watch tv yeah and yeah. you know um i have so many friends on facebook um just uh, FCC people, don't hit me up because I will not route them out. But they talk <laughs> about their um, fire sticks that they use um, and watch TV. And not only are they watching HBO and Showtime and then network TV, but they're watching freaking movies that are in the theaters the theater, yeah. currently. Mm-hmm. Like, how is that a thing? And so I, I've always been the good girl, and I told Eddie, no, we're going to get caught. But I'm to the point where I'm like, you know what? We'll just okay. do it till we get caught, and we'll stand in line with all the rest of the people to go to jail. <laughs> just every time. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my cheesme. What's your cheesme, so Jen? My cheesme is actually about um, Justin Trevorrow who's the guy who directed Jurassic World and the Book of Henry, and he had been slated to direct the ninth Star Wars movie, the one that comes out after The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But he had been fired, and we hadn't really known why, and now the reason has kind of been released. 
So they basically, it's the same reason why most directors are fired, and it's a yeah. clash of ideas. Yeah. And uh, he was, uh, he was getting too big for his britches, and he wanted to do <laughs> his like own thing. But you're, it's Disney. Yeah. You can't do your own yeah. thing. They're gonna set up limits and stipulations, and like you're gonna have to do this and do this. And he was, they were basically clashing heads and he was just like no this is what i want to do uh and they were like uh-huh bye boo boo <laughs> see ya see ya wouldn't want to be uh and it was uh <laughs> and so like what like what are you like uh kristen had said this earlier like you need to compromise with these um uh with the like places like Disney, like um, Universal Studios, uh, that own these franchises that are big, beloved, and huge money makers. You can't make your art piece in With Star those, Wars. right. Yeah. right. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, I mean, it might be cool, it might, but it's like, it's still, it's a franchise. Like, you, that's, a, that's where you're going to have to do your own indie things, or you're really going to have to pitch something that's strong, and that still, like, falls in line with what Disney wants to, like, really do something huge. But um, he didn't. He wasn't willing to compromise, and they said, uh, "Bye, bye, bye, Felicia." <laughs> bye, Felicia. <laughs> I like that. Well, my on my radar. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I am really I'm rusty, guys. <laughs> on my chisme de la semana. <laughs> Um, first of all, I'd like to thank Sam Humphreys for the signed copies of his comic books. Yeah. Uh, they were a wonderful gift, and um, I'm still, you know, feeling the high from the interview of our last episode. Definitely. I don't, I don't know if you guys are feeling it. I still feel like yes, I, yeah. the ripples. Of that. <laughs> I still uh, get very happy when I think about that. Me too. I, 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 I listened to uh, the episode, and yes, I, it was so, I think while it was happening, I was like kind of, uh, I think I was talking, I was having a out-of-body experience. Exactly. It's yeah. like, is this really, it was me, like, watching this happening, but not really being fully cognizant and, like, taking it all in. And then mm-hmm. after when I started uh, listening to it, I was laughing. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then the, the whole, when some really super funny things came on that I had forgot about, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was, like, really good. I think it went, it, it, it was, um, I thought it was magical. Like, listening to it again, I'm like, damn, I love this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you have not listened to the Sam Humphreys episode, listeners out there, um, it was just our episode before this. It was episode 19. So uh, it's up on both uh, Podomatic and iTunes. And definitely recommend that you check it out. And Sam Humphreys is just an awesome, awesome guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gave us some signed copies of his comic book. So thanks for that. We didn't, I didn't get a chance to thank him, um, while he was on the show because I, again, was having that moment. I had forgot all about it, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to take this time to thank him. Thank you so much for that. And on, um, Mi Chisme de la Semana is, uh, actually Sam Humphreys will no longer be writing Green Lanterns. Yeah. Um, yeah. his last, um, his last uh, issue is issue 32, and actually... Oh, 32. 32. That's a lot more than what I thought. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. And um, it, uh, I think the trade paperback, the third one just came out, too. Yes, yes. it did. It came yeah. out this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can't wait to read that. I haven't had a chance yet. 
Um, but who's taking the mantle for the Green Lanterns is Tim Top Shelf Seeley. So uh, he's worked on uh, books. He's an artist and a writer, which okay. I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. He's done uh, Grayson from DC Comics, uh, G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, uh, Transformers, The New Exiles. Um, he's also worked for Image, uh, titles Hack and Slash. Oh, okay. And Revival. Oh, all right. Um. So um, we're pretty excited to see what happens with these characters, but Sam, Sam Humphrey tweeted that he's very confident, and um, he says that um, both Jessica um, and... Yes, are in good hands. Yeah. So um, we look forward to that. But we we are mm. saddened to hear that. <laughs> uh, but but he does say that he's taking on another project from DC, and it's it's, uh, it's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> so secret. as soon as we find out, we're gonna let you guys know. Yeah. Yes. But I'm thinking. Okay, like just speculation wise, I'm thinking Batman. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think? I don't think Batman. Yeah, um, I I don't think Batman just because Tom King is getting such uh, great yeah. reviews and ratings, and I think he's doing an amazing job yeah. with Batman. A uh, volume two, so so good. Volume three just came out for Batman two. I am being and absolutely, he's just been absolutely killing it with Batman. But really, I think he, I think Sam would do well with the Justice League look. Oh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I would love to see him writing a Justice League book. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there's some speculation in the shop of people who are saying that they think it might be Superman or the, um, action, action comics. Comic. But um, I don't really know. I mean, uh, there there was uh, definitely talk about it being a big deal. And, I mean, any of those three things that we just said are a big deal. Are a big deal. Those and are all flagship DC mm-hmm. um, properties. Well, yeah. the, I mean, it's it's really exciting and such a big mystery right now because uh, he tweeted out, "Hey y'all, so the news is I'm leaving Green Lanterns from DC. DC has offered me an amazing opportunity. I couldn't say no, um, and he couldn't do both. So, mm-hmm. amazing opportunity from DC. <laughs> we'll find out what it is pretty soon. I'm hoping they're uh, they're gonna have to reveal it. If anything, from previews." Yeah. When his name comes out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we'll know before anybody else. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Keep an eye out. He definitely has um, that experience of, uh, if, if it was just a le- Justice League, writing, like, uh, team, team stories. Bo- yeah. Team stories, yeah. He's good with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to see him do more of that. Yeah, definitely. Well, whatever it is, I will be reading it. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Very excited about that. So, Kristen, what are we drinking today? Ooh. I wanted to get the, the sound effect. <laughs> that's not a sound effect, ladies and gentlemen. That's the actual can being opened by Kristen. So, today's beer is um, a West Coast IPA called Uba Dank. Uba Dank. Ooh, that sounds really good. <laughs> so, if you're not a Uba Dank um, <laughs> fan, please do not <laughs> get them confused. But, um, so this beer, I'm going to pour a little bit in here. 
um, and pass it around. Um, this beer is from New Glory Craft Brewery. Um, and this is funny. It says, uh, it comes in a one-pint can. So I'm opening a can here, and it has cute little pictures of um, hops on the can. Is that what that is? Yeah. yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was artichokes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was just like, why do they have artichokes? On You're their gonna get beer drinker hate mail. <laughs> Come at me. That was so funny. Oh my gosh! I, <laughs> terrible, terrible guys. Oh, okay. So the <laughs> oh shoot, the um the can has uh, a nice little description here on it. It's a one pint can. It's seven point. Oh my gosh, I can smell it just from the pouring right now. It is very dank. It's very dank. <coughs> Excuse me. It's seven point two alcohol ABV. And the description says this IPA will smack you in the face, and it just smacked it just me. Did. It did. The smell is so. I just oh, it, the, my mouth is watering. I'm not even lying right now. Um, so it says it'll smack you in the face with its dank aromas and flavors. Its super sticky hop character is supported by a subtle bready-like foundation of Northern American and German malt. Mosaic hops provide an array of citrus and tropical fruit aromas reminiscent of grapefruit, orange, melon, papaya tangerine, and passion fruit. An uncharacteristically smooth bitterness leaves this beer insanely drinkable and will keep you coming back for more. (laughs) Excellent. So that is the description for Uba Dank West Coast IPA by New Glory Craft Brewery, and they are located in Sacramento, California. All right, so California beer guys, yes. So I have to say, just by um, aroma alone, this beer smells amazing. It it is. It's making my mouth water. That that distinguishable IPA aroma is definitely coming from my glass. Some people, as soon as they smell it, they know they don't. Uh, they know they're in for a, a treat. Mm. It smells also a little bit fruity. Yeah. I haven't tasted it yet, but it smells a little fruity. So I'm going to start <clears throat> because I already tasted it. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love Oh, it. my God. Isn't it delicious? This is good. I know. It's just so, it's kind of mellowy, kind of, yes. but it's, I don't know, it's kind of. Uh, At the front, it's very light, and I can taste a lot of fruit uh, notes in it. You have you have that signature IPA um, hoppy aftertaste, mm-hmm. but it's not bad. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I say bad. I love it, but a lot of people, that turns them off to IPA. So what, I guess what I mean to say is it's not overpowering. It's not. Definitely not. This is just so smooth. I love it. I, and it's so, like, crisp. Oh, my gosh. It is. Uh, it, the What it says here, it's insanely drinkable. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to describe it any better than that. Absolutely. And this is the type of beer that... 
Um, if you keep pouring it, I will keep drinking it. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, I could drink a pitcher of this no problem by myself. Absolutely. You want to share? No, you get your own. Exactly. <laughs> I totally agree with that. I completely agree with that. And, you know, I can't wait to taste it, like, after it sits for a little bit. Because mm-hmm. we just drank it straight out of the, the refrigerator. Can. Yeah. Um, and it's it was cold. Yeah. And so now I wanted to let it sit a little bit and see what, what kind of... Um, what kind of taste it has, but so you'll have far, to tell me because I'll never know because I'm about to down this right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, this is delicious. Um, what do you think, Jen? I like it. Um, I I have to admit that when I smelled it first, I was not. Yeah. I didn't like it. I, didn't, I, I thought that. that yeah, I, I did not. I did not like the smell. But as soon as I tasted it, it smooth. I would definitely have, smooth. I would and have I to say like that the, the smell um it it's a little misleading because yes. you think it's yeah. gonna be like really strong. Yeah, yeah I thought that's what I thought. I thought I was gonna taste. I was gonna choke on hops. I thought and I was gonna be drinking Jen's beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like oh, that's honestly that's what I was thinking too. I'm just gonna take one sip of this and I'm probably gonna give it to Kristen. <laughs> but um, this this is mine now. <laughs> I am mean, going to be drinking this. It's really good and. I I've always been very partial to papaya and I can taste it. Oh. I can taste the papaya and I always whenever I get the little fruit thing, what are they called? Uh, when you go to the Mexican Oh yeah, those little uh, um I don't know. When you get uh they put, yeah, 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 yeah. I always ask them to not put Papaya, because I don't like papaya. Me too, I don't like it. Yeah. Really? But, yeah, yeah, but it's uh-uh. delicious. <laughs> but, but in my I, beer, I, I love it. I, yeah, I'm assuming, what I'm tasting more here is I'm, I definitely am tasting like the tangerine and melon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, I I actually do like papaya, and I like the taste, and so I, I can I can taste it, and I really I really like that, and I think that's what's making me partial to this right now. And the fruit notes are very very um, strong. Like yeah. it's there when you hear the term fruity beer, like that turns me off totally. Oh, like, absolutely. Because I just assume it's going to be um, like sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this the you smell the fruit and you taste the fruit, but it is it's it is like amazing it's like it's not like fruity beer it's beer with those notes in it mm-hmm. yeah uh, exactly uh when you were describing it i thought is it going to be sweet yeah but it's not yeah it, mm-hmm. it, um i don't know how to they said fruity, right here but smooth bitterness and yeah. that is uh-huh. that's true and i like that that's yeah. really good it's not it's not too bitter and it's not sour as um because uh, i really don't like sour and but uh, this is a good bitterness and it was like like a good fruity bitterness. I'm trying to think of um, sweet limes. It's like oh a, yes, oh, that is that. So sweet limes. Uh, that's basically kind of what I want to compare this to because you think when you bite into it, it's gonna be sour, but it's not. It ends up being sweet. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like that feeling that I'm getting. That I thought it was gonna be super uber bitter, uh-huh. but it isn't. It's got this really nice smooth quality to it that really does make it I've never sweet. had a sweet lime before so good but yeah. just in you saying that it's like very um mm-hmm. that's very very what I'm tasting in my mouth yeah. <laughs> like it, it's like on point right there yeah. what you're saying even mm-hmm. though I've never tasted one you're you even just saying sweet lime that's exactly what I'm tasting yeah that's basically yeah. like I as pretty much yeah 
what I'm what I'm trying to describe. And people who have had sweet lime, they'll know as soon as I say it. They'll know that they'll know the feeling that I'm talking about and the taste that I'm talking about. Um, and for those that haven't uh, had sweet lime, I definitely uh, say that you should try it because they're really good. But do not confuse them with like actual sour <laughs> limes, or else exactly. you will be. Oh, I yeah. have to keep an eye out for those. Now, the sad thing about us. Uh, trying so many different cool beers from all over the place is that we they're not readily accessible to us um, when we like them uh, because this one is from Sacramento but there are so many places like Total Wine and BevMo and um, there's a place in uh, where I live in Torrance where they specifically um, stock beers from all over and so um, most breweries have searched engines on their websites where you can just type in your zip code and it'll tell you um, a location in your area where you can go and pick up their beer yeah maybe we should put a link up on our on our facebook page because that would be amazing yeah in fact yeah. uh jen and i were on a wild goose chase the other day for sticky monkey yeah because we put the address into um into their search engine and it came up and said that it was at a store not far from her house. I was like, that doesn't sound right, but let's yeah. go try. Let's yeah. go try. Uh, but, yeah, we didn't find any there. Aww. But um, there's definitely um, options for you if you're not from the Sacramento area. You could mm-hmm. definitely see if there's any uh, that is being sold near you. I'll find that sticky money <laughs> one day. <laughs> I, You know what? Um, I am now getting my gas at Costco. Uh, for, oh. Because I also do Uber and Lyft. Yeah. So um, I am going to keep an eye out for it at Costco because that's actually where we got it. Well, since it's an annual beer, definitely check out uh, check out Costco during the, the same time next year that you found it. I forgot. I'm going to have to look for it on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when was it? What month was was it? Oh, I just oh, even think. Okay, I love this beer today, and they're totally two different animals. But just thinking yeah, about Sticky no. Monkey Man, oh, I'm my God. I, know, I know. Which reminds me, after our uh, Sam Humphreys interview, uh, we went to Phantom Carriage, and Kristen here treated us to the Sticky Monkey they had in the in in the bottle yeah. in their uh, mm-hmm. collection. So thank you for that. Yes, yeah, you're welcome. You. It was awesome. It was, it was amazing. So cool. It was just. Just as awesome. As I, I I had kind of I knew I really liked it, but I couldn't really recall what it tasted like. And as soon as I tasted it, it all came flooding back. And oh, it was yeah. just mm-hmm. so good. It's like that first kiss. <laughs> so yeah, Firestone Sticky Monkey. <laughs> Firestone Brewery Sticky Monkey, um, and it is uh, an annual limited brew. Yeah. So yeah. keep your eye out for it. It's in. It comes in a box. It's super expensive. There's only like a thousand or something that were brewed I thought um, we had mentioned and um, when you see it buy it it's going to be expensive it's going to be between 20 and 30 dollars but it's worth every penny oh, absolutely worth every penny absolutely <laughs> so what are we going to rate this one guys I will give it a full. I really liked it a lot and I would drink this on I don't generally choose IPAs for cold days um, to just sit back and uh and enjoy, but this one I definitely would. I think we've tried a couple like that that have surprised me. Yeah, this is definitely um, appropriate for the weather we're, we've been having. Really refreshing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Sarah, and I'm going to give that a full. It's it's still a 7.2, uh, so it's still a little bit up there. So 
I think definitely be careful because uh, mm-hmm. you be enjoying it and uh, being refreshed, and next thing you know, you wake up the next morning and don't remember what happened. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> oh, it sounds like my 23rd birthday. <laughs> yeah, sort of my life. So what about you, Jen? I'm going to give it a full, too, because I really do like it. And now that it's rested a little bit, I can taste more of the fruit, oh, of most of the yes. other fruits. It's really, really good. Yeah, so definitely. I'm giving it a full. Awesome. I like it. All right, guys, that's Uber Dunk. And that's full across the board, guys. Full across the board. Thank you, guys. This was delicious. Jen, what are we reading today? So today we are reading Not Drunk Enough by Tessa Stone, published by Oni Press. <laughs> I love the title. When when this came into the store, she showed it to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to read that. I didn't even care what it was about. I just, you know, I was like, I have to read that. The title was amazing. So the reason I chose this book was one, well, it came out this year. It was published this year in July, and um, we originally didn't get it into the store. Mm. I ordered it later because I realized, oh shit, her book uh. was published. Um, uh, I need to order some for the store. And um, I've actually been following the creator on Twitter for a very long time now, a couple, like, a, or like at least three years now. Okay. Yeah, okay. and um, I knew she did um, a, a comic, and I, um, um, but I am Not Drunk Enough was originally a webcomic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what's really fun. It was a webcomic that she kickstarted and that met its goal, mm-hmm. and later she did she did so well that... Oni Press will just like, we'll publish it for you, and that's uh, how it's come to be. She, this isn't her first time writing. She's written other stuff with Oni Press and with other publishers. She has written Buzz and Is That What You Wanted, uh, which are also really interesting books. I ordered Buzz also for the story, and I read it, and it's pretty good. Oh, okay. And, um, uh, and she also wrote Hannah Is Not a Boy's Name. I know. I read uh, a little bit about that one, yeah. and that's a, that was also a web uh comic i believe and it sounded really interesting yeah it's pretty good and that's actually what um that's actually what i read oh her. really yeah, that's yeah they describe that one uh hannah is not a boy's name as uh, a webcomic about a paranormal investigator who has a zombie sidekick the worst vampire ever and the cutest werewolf you'll ever see yeah, <laughs> oh my god i'm loving it's, it it's exactly my dad <laughs> you know that's awesome and so um so just just to clarify, um, Tessa Stone both writes and um, and draws this draws comic. Draws and letters this comic. She, she's amazing. Oh, she does all three then. She Triple threat, guys. Oh, wow. Triple okay. threat. The art Be careful out there. It's written, illustrated, and lettered by Tessa Stone. Wow. So That's a lot of work. It is a lot. <laughs> so the description of this book is... Uh, Logan and Abraham are just a couple of repairmen responding to a call from a creepy corporate laboratory in the middle of the night. What could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) How about freaky monster attacks? Abraham disappears, and Logan has to team up with three strangers who are also mysteriously trapped in the building to entangle a web of intrigue and betrayal, all while evading the horrific creatures stalking them from the shadows. Maybe things would be easier if Logan knew who he could trust, and again, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is the first volume, and it, Oni Press has made a deal with her to publish it 
in a set of three. It's going to be a trilogy. So this Excellent. is book one. And in online, she's actually already on book two. And oh, shit gets, okay. Like, shit gets real in this book, but shit gets even more real in the second one. And I've been loving every single moment. That's of it. awesome. Yeah, I, I went to the website. And um, speaking of lots of work, she does all three things. Mm-hmm. And she updates the webcomic every Tuesday and Thursday. Wow. That's a mm-hmm. lot of work. A lot yeah. of dedication. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a love for your craft, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, she's definitely, she's super, she's super, she loves this book. Like, on Twitter, she she posts, like, progress, um, uh, art, and stuff like that. She does, like, ink, like, um, um like, <coughs> like progress art and stuff and she shares like ideas of what she wants to do and what she's coming up with but I really love this book and the primarily the reason why we chose it is that because I asked her on Twitter and Logan is Latino yes he is he is Latino Mm -hmm. and uh, while reading it that's what I had thought but I just wanted to confirm with her and so I tutored her and I'm just like is Logan Latinx and she's just like yes he is and I'm just like yes yes and um like it's a noticeable in uh, in her artwork, yes, in the, in the uh-huh. skin tone that she uses. But uh, it's he's super relatable. Yeah, he I I love Logan. He is like if I was ever caught in this nightmare scenario, <laughs> I, we and I would be like, oh my god, we need to survive. How are we gonna do this? Why am I here? I'm not drunk enough for this. <laughs> That's actually cool. Um, the the title of the book, I, as I was reading a little bit more about Tessa um, and where it came from, was that there was a point in her in her life where she just was going through a lot of stuff emotionally and um, and kind of like some uh, uh, ways for her to kind of deal with those things was a little bit of escapism and she chose horror uh, genre to just immerse herself in. She watched. Uh, TV shows and movies and uh, read books and did all kinds of uh, just horror-related uh, reading. And she, as she was reading these things, she, kind of the idea of like, oh, the, you know, uh, you're, I, I'm never going to be drunk enough to like deal with the things that these people are dealing with. Even though she admits that if being in a horror movie, the last thing you want to be is drunk. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so she said she just she went with that. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where uh, this uh, idea for this book came. And from. I, you know, with a title for me, um, not drunk enough. It just kind of, it's kind of like um, it speaks to our generation. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, I I love how she writes uh, Logan Ibarra because mm-hmm. um, he there's a lot of references to the to the culture pop culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a moment where they said. He was going to go Super Saiyan on me. I <laughs> I read that and no, I was like, like, oh my God, I got that reference. I understood that reference. <laughs> like, and I love, like you said, um, you love Logan. I love Logan too. Uh-huh. His puns and the way he handles this. I mean, one of the things I was reading um, that I identified with him was because he's such a normal guy mm-hmm. in a situation that's completely weird and yeah. wrecked mm-hmm. yeah so like his response to things that are happening throughout this comic book is so what i would be feeling uh-huh. like mm-hmm. oh my god seriously like and um it's not like the way she writes him i love it by the way mm-hmm. um the way she writes him it's not like she's waiting to strike the next 
you know, funny line because uh-huh. it, it is a horror comedy. Horror, horror comedy. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. she, it's it's not a moment where like they're waiting for their punchline. It's so smooth, uh-huh. yeah. and it's so something that I would say or that I would hear a friend of mine say, and it's just hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's so relevant to this age and I love mm. that and I love the references and I love his attitude towards it and it's mm. just awesome I loved it I loved yeah. it. it it was really good and it's just a horror comedy like who would have thought like right? there's, there's parodies of horror movies yes, yes. Like, some of my favorites are being the scary movies yeah um uh whatchamacallit vampires suck yeah. <laughs> I like that one yeah, one that of was... my favorite horror comedy movies is um called House um, it was probably out in the 80s. So oh, I remember that. I never so, saw it. Yeah, it's so good. I loved it as a kid. Um, and oh. I haven't seen it in a long time, so who knows if it, uh, it holds if, up. if it holds up over time. <laughs> but it's definitely a horror comedy genre. Um, also, um, uh, Saturday the 14th. Uh, was also <laughs> I just I just said that I, I just looked, I, like she said it I was looking down she said I looked straight at her like wait what <laughs> that's cool that is a cool title a few moments, like, yeah, I know. it was like a two second delay but we got it it was cool it was so cool um, that also falls into the um, the genre of horror comedy so um, I I love the idea of horror comedy um a lot and so when i saw that that's what this was i was really excited to read it and um i think i love that she she chose not to just go straight horror but to incorporate the the comedic effect as well oh absolutely mm-hmm. can i say my next favorite character is bia hayes yeah oh my god oh my i god. love it this is a character who looks like cutest uh, cute as a button. Yeah. She's cute. She's really Absolutely adorable. Adorable girl. She wears heels, too. Yeah. Cause, uh, and, um, well, because she's, you know, th- this is a situation where she was at work. Yes. Yeah. So she's, she's, the, you know, she's the bad She's the bad IT. IT. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, not only is she a bad at, badass at IT, she's badass, period. Yeah. I mean, this one will, like, surprise you. I mean, she, like, really takes the bull by the horns. Mm-hmm. And people are just, like, I mean, when it first happens, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, she just, like, went super crazy on this mm-hmm. uh, monster. And everybody's, like, with their mouths open because she's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, like, hardcore. I love it. She's so awesome. You always have to watch out for the cute ones. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the book follows... um. Logan Ibarra, who is the protagonist, or who is the main focus mm-hmm. of this, who we're following on the journey, and the three strangers that he is um, uh, teams up with are Clement Barker, Bia Hayes, and Mala Durant, who uh, are respectively the uh, unlucky repairman. I mean, Clement has uh, two mouths now. <laughs> he is the badass IT, and Malia is the pseudo leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I really love this book because I I am uh I am a fan of horror mm-hmm. and of, who isn't a fan of comedy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she manages to mix this so well yeah. that I really loved it. And I love her artwork style. Too. I liked her artwork too a mm-hmm. lot. Um speaking of the artwork at at the beginning when we're seeing the monsters and stuff, like it mm-hmm. was a little difficult for me because uh-huh. I wasn't prepared mm-hmm. to because uh, I didn't really read uh the little jacket before I just went into reading it. Oh, okay. And I and I felt that the art was really busy. Uh, it uh-huh. takes you 
and and that's one of the things you had mentioned. It takes you a moment to like really fully get it, because um, uh, it was so yeah. busy for me, and there's so much going on that I was like, it took me a moment to actually adjust. But once I got there, guys, it was magic. <laughs> yeah, I and love I think it. Uh, her use of colors really plays to the horror effect. Um, a lot of like deep mm-hmm. purples and deep pinks and browns and mm-hmm. uh, that kind. Of, it really, really, um, to me, really helps to um, kind of make some of the scenes a little bit more creepy. Exactly. It did. I. Oh my God! Now that you mentioned, yes, I love her use of colors because the thing with a lot of like horror books and horror movies and um, uh, some horror comics is that they're following the grim dark yes line just that go they, dark they just go dark yes. and sometimes like i can't even see what's yes. going on yes. like be in the movie or in the artwork yeah. itself uh-huh. but her use of colors of using of reds mm-hmm. and purples and greens and everything she it's it's definitely a dark book yes but it is not visually yeah uh, uh like uh um uh, a dark book because the, the colors sometimes some of it even can even be said like it looks really pretty mm-hmm. but it's like but the image that is being portrayed is hella dark yeah because there's yeah. a scene here where um he gets he gets uh, infected uh-huh. logan gets infected with something yeah mm-hmm. and they have to pull it out and the scene is visually like the colors are nice yeah but it is so <laughs> fucking creepy like there's it's a, gore yeah. it's gore it's it's yeah. straight up gore and it is like a, like this there's a scene where they're trying to help him out and i don't want to spoil it too much they're trying to help him out and every time i look at i can physically feel it like i have yeah. to check i have to look down at my leg and check to see like oh damn there's nothing there like it's like oh oh my god it's like it's i i really like it and his reactions are on point yeah as well like it's it's i love it it's uh, i really do love this book it's really great it is. I, I love it. Everybody has a personality that you can, like, you love. I mean, even um, this gentleman that they find later is the son of one of the... Um, Mackenzie. Mackenzie. Mac, for short. Yeah. Um, he um, He's the son of one of the uh, scientists. Yeah. And, I mean, even him, you, you, you know, you're, like, rooting for all of these people to make it through. That mm-hmm. was a nice little twist for oh, me absolutely. at the end. Oh, when yeah. I When it twisted and then it ended, I'm like, what the heck? And then when I went online and I realized that there are two more coming out, I'm like, okay, because I need to find out what's going on and where this dude came from. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You and, did. And, uh. and they touch on it. They don't really, like. Sh- shove it in yeah. your face. I mean, uh-huh. they just and you're like, did I just read that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did I just read that right? And so I've I, I'm caught up okay. with the comic and it's it's so delicious. <laughs> it's so good. Like oh my god. Like on point. Like really. Mm. So yeah. the the actual website is like um it was like ND something. I want people to. Oh no, it just says notdrunkenough.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely if you are listening to our review and it's something that you're interested in, you can actually go onto her website and read all of this, uh, for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it was, like we said, it was a webcomic mm-hmm. prior web to comic. being published by Oni. So all of the stuff is, um, all the stuff that we read in this 
trade is mm-hmm. online at notdrunkenough.com, and she is um, updating the story every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. So um, you can go on her website and enjoy all of the story that we read um, all to yourself. Yeah. So, and if you if you would prefer in a paperback version, in a solid version, definitely pick up the uh, um, um the graphic novel because it helps uh, it helps her out. But also she has a patron, uh, yes. Patreon, uh-huh. so which you can go to support her and like you don't need to like pay a lot. Like you can maybe do like a one time payment yeah. of like a buck or something. And, yeah. But it's it's something and you get access to a lot of her like sketches oh, cool. and the, like future ideas that she has and it's really really cool. Oh, that is cool. I know this because I support her. <laughs> <laughs> and um. It's it's but you can read it for free online and it's really good and what I really like about reading it online though is that if you hold if you're on a computer and you're reading it from a computer or a laptop if you hold the mouse over it it has captions oh and wow. the captions are hilarious oh they're, that's cool they're really funny not only that online on her on her website she has extra artwork and sketch pieces that she's done that are really really nice that don't come up like um. In the back of this book, she has created actual, like, beer types yeah. for um, uh, all the characters that she has. And um, and she actually has descriptions for them. Uh, but she, uh, for Logan, she created one that's called Hard Luck Pilsner. <laughs> oh, nice. So she kind of went with the whole drunk uh, motif here in the book. And every time a brand new character gets introduced... Um, there's like a, a little character box that shows up next uh, to the um, next to the uh, next to the character next to the character when they come out, and uh, they have uh, their name and then a, a little brief description of uh, what they are, and then their favorite drink mm-hmm. and their greatest. Fear, and she does that for every single character, and I thought that was so cool. I thought that was like a, a really—I mean, you can tell a lot from somebody's absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. I really love that. And the greatest fear. Yeah. So, and so for Logan's description, it says Logan Ibarra, unlucky repairman, fave drink, what you got? <laughs> greatest fear, a lot. a lot. And all I can say is same. <laughs> but. For me, my favorite drink is actually, oh, what do I, I'm not going to say Sticky Monkey because <laughs> we, we, we've all praised that, but, but like if I actually go to a bar and like ask, um, uh, ask for a drink, my go-to one is always um, uh, the L.A. Water. Uh, what is that? It is, it is a cocktail and it is filled with like five different types of Oh my alcohol. goodness. And it's, they call it L.A. water because mixed up, it looks great. Ah, <laughs> oh, wow. No it looks, way. It looks, That's funny. It looks, it looks great, but it, it tastes delicious. Yeah. And it is strong. So I got I have to sip it, but goddamn, I'm going to be lit. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's funny. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, well, you, the greatest fear you said same as uh, as Logan. For me, my favorite drink is um, uh, is a type of beer. My favorite drink was um, Allagash Curio, which is mm. um, Allagash is <clears throat> a brewery from Portland, Maine. 
So it's an East Coast brewery, and um, Curio is uh, a beer. It's um, a Belgian-style beer. It is um, uh, stored in um, the uh, w- uh, the whiskey barrels, and it's so good. I told someone the other day that I thought Sticky Monkey actually had dethroned Allegash. But see, Sticky. Wow, that's that's so nice. But my favorite favorite type of alcohol is just beer straight up. But yeah, Yeah. Allegash Curio was my favorite, and oh my gosh, that Sticky Monkey, I think, definitely, I think, has surpassed it. Dethroned it. Yeah. Dang. (laughs) Oh, and my greatest fear is the ocean. Really? Yes. The fear of. Oh, I, I, okay, right now I'm even getting on, yeah, I'm just thinking of <laughs> like being in the ocean, uh, that, that, uh, movie that recently came out, I think it was like 42 meters or something like that. Oh, with the, oh. with the sharks. Yes, the sharks. where they go to a shark it's cage. It's like 42 or 47 meters down or uh, something. something like that. Yeah. Where they're in a shark cage and somehow it gets. Um, detached. Disconnect, yeah, yeah. Uh, detached from the boat, and they go down, and the shark is like trying to. Oh my gosh! Right now, I just like I have uh, like and there goosebumps and on my back just thinking about it. Or there's this video that was like viral that came out a couple years ago on Facebook, where this um, this diver is walking on the floor of the ocean and then dives into this hole, and it's just a video of him diving down just into the freaking abyss of the ocean mm-hmm. oh my even oh. like watching that stuff on on the <laughs> on the video on my phone on tv or oh my gosh it's just and i think it's all come this this craziness has all come from being a young child and watching jaws oh. <laughs> you just played the jaws. don't watch don't watch piranha no. Oh, I have. Oh, I watched that, too, as a kid. Oh, so man. all these things that um, I was – see, my parents took me to the drive-in to to watch Jaws, and they thought I was asleep in the back, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was – I it was Central California. It was hot as all hell, and I'm in the back seat, sweat dripping down my face, covered with the blanket because I was so freaking scared. <laughs> wow. And so, yeah, it's just leftover uh, leftover trauma. <laughs> That's my greatest Aww. fear. I don't go very far out into the ocean when we go. Aww. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But, <clears throat> but, yeah, no, I don't have a fear for the ocean. My, um, you know, it's weird because my go-to drink, like at a like at a club or whatever, is uh, the Oz motherfucker. Okay. Uh, oh. But I prefer. I am a beer drinker mm-hmm. as well. And on the yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. Fucked up is my jam. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my greatest fear is uh, being homeless. Oh. oh. Isn't that weird? No, interesting. Not yeah. really. See, I used to work uh, at, at many different homeless shelters and domestic violence shelters and stuff like that. So I know that um, there are there's referrals out there. It's I mean, it could be uh, there's so many people who need the services, but I know that they exist, and so I, I've never really thought about um, that being a fear of mine. But yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it used to be going crazy. Like, uh, you know, like some people have a, Dementia? Br- a break from reality at like 23. Mm-hmm. Oh, so around oh, my 20s, it was, you know, I was afraid of going that. Well, it, it, I mean, that's not the proper term, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, can, I can see that. I, uh, in college, 
I did, uh, I studied a lot of those kinds of like psychosis and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And yeah, it kind of freaks you out when you read stories of people who had no prior, um, nothing in their family that would lead you to believe that anything would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, no trauma in their life and just one day something snapped in their, I mean, the mind, the brain, the human brain is just mm-hmm. an am- amazing thing that we just to this day still don't understand 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and then I read a lot of stories where there were like you know uh, students that were like in college, enrolled in college, doing Mm -hmm. really well, and then one day just they just yeah they had a break and they could and they were never the same. I mean, like there's Mm -hmm. that movie uh, that was it Jamie Fox who. Jimmy Fox or yeah the uh, soloist yes where he was this amazing uh, cello cello player yeah I think he played many instruments but I think cello was his yeah his yeah and that just somebody came upon him he's homeless in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and playing his music and not until this person befriended him and kind of started digging and found out that yeah that he just had this uh, this mental health issue that uh, just completely prevented him from continuing to be successful with music and mm-hmm. led him to be homeless. Mm-hmm. So many homeless out there suffer from mental health issues. It's just really sad. Yeah. Sorry to bring it down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that is my fear. That's yeah. okay. The evolution. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I know, I didn't really say what I said that, well, <laughs> with Logan, it's like almost like a lot. Uh-huh. But like now that I was thinking, you know, my my biggest like actual greatest fear is that uh, my depression will get the better of me. I mean, uh-huh. so far I haven't. It's all it's all good, but that is like the legit like the legit fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that self awareness um, plays a big role too in the mm-hmm. management of depression, mm-hmm. and a lot of people um, aren't to that point and it I think it, it consumes them and not mm-hmm. that depression uh, doesn't affect people who are self-aware that of you know that they suffer from it and stuff but that's definitely I think something that helps mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. dang that got dark I know <laughs> yeah so anyway uh, um, horror comedy, horror comedy. <laughs> Uh, yes, actually, uh, I know Kristen mentioned that um, you can read this uh, the updated information on this story um, online for free. Uh-huh. But I really, I, I I would recommend you buy the book. I I found it very, um, I loved it. I love holding it in my hands and flipping through the pages and flipping mm-hmm. back. You know, when I wanted, uh, when something was correlating with something that happened in the past, I was able to just flip back. So I highly recommend purchasing the book. So. Um, any 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 final thoughts on the comic? I just want to share my favorite scene. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, my uh. favorite scene in the comic had to be when um uh, I believe it was chapter three, but it's basically when um when Logan meets Mackenzie, and be- but before that, before he crawled through the vents, is um uh, he which we call it uh he was actually facing this big huge headed monster oh, that yeah. oh my god I love that <laughs> that who was uh who was after him uh and he and he was just like oh my god I have to get away and, and uh he like literally like he clocks the monster with a pipe and then he books it and he's just like what do I do what do I do and then he sees a vent he crawls through it but when he crawls through it he has a, he has a thought his head's too big 
It won't fit on the bed. That's how I'm gonna get away. And it's it's hilarious because the he like his thought bubble is like it's like a chibi ish style, uh-huh, and so uh-huh. he's imagining like this this huge like hulking monster that we see that had hurt him trying to fit his head through a vent. <laughs> he couldn't do it, and I thought that was really funny. And then he crawls through, and then he meets Mackenzie, who who was just like who. Whose responses are like, oh my god, are you human? And he's just like, yeah, dude, what else would I be? <laughs> and he was just like, I don't know, one of the monsters yeah. outside. And like, it's one of those, those dialogues that is just like, that is like, you can tell that they're terrified, but it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah actually, part of that uh, th- that dialogue was so cool because he's like, I've seen this in, in all these movies. This has to work. Like, he's, oh, yeah. he's having these thoughts about, like, why he he chose to go into the vent. I thought that was so cool. Like I said, the writing is amazing. And you know, the cool thing about it is it's so well written, but the art doesn't suffer at all. If anything, the art is like in sync with the the dialogue and the development of all these all these characters. I totally love it. Mm-hmm. Totally love it. Uh, my favorite uh, scene is kind of this splash page. Um, it's where um, Logan is fighting off the guy with all these eyes. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and it's just amazing. The, <laughs> the dynamic and the movement of, these, of the art is amazing. There's hardly any dialogue because, I mean, the whole book is amazing dialogue-wise. But uh, this splash page, I just love it. I love the colors. Um, she made, like, rose-colored um, look really creepy. There's a lot of rose, a lot of reds, and it just makes this whole scene super creepy. I love it. This is my favorite. It's the uh, it's the splash page. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah, and she gives the names to some of these monsters, and I think the one that you're talking about is called the, the hall, hall monitor. monitor. Yeah, the <laughs> and it's really funny, like the description, and this it's that offbeat humor yeah. that makes it like you know, like this guy is running for his life, but it also makes it a little kind of funny. Like it says hall monitor. Oh uh, my description, god! Yes, always watching. He drinks. Blood? <laughs> like, there's question like, there's, like, blood, and it says, greatest fear, allergy season? <laughs> because he's a bunch of eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, I love this guy. He's just super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, because you see the development of, like, his new powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, like, are, are living it with him, like, you know, the quirks of his powers, and as far as he can push himself it's really great i love it but this mm-hmm. flash page was super awesome my favorite scene it, i mean it's okay look, just one more thing <laughs> this flash page is so detailed that you could even see the adonis belt on logan and a little bit of like fuzz on like right below his navel it's it's amazing you can even see the little hair on his arm. I mean, this guy is... A, I mean, she's just... Attention to detail is just amazing here. So her artwork is freaking blowing me away. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. This is her. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, Jen actually talked about the scene uh, that I really liked uh, earlier when she was talking about the book. And it was the scene where he wakes up and he realizes that he um, he has an infection on oh, his leg. Oh, man. Yeah. And he just starts digging in it. Like, I feel like that would be me. Like, they say that if you ever get 
stabbed with a projectile object that don't pull it out. You uh-huh. need to wrap it with something and mm-hmm. make sure it doesn't move and get yourself to the hospital. Because if you pull it out, you're just going to have a big gaping hole. But how if you're still alive and it's in there, that means that it's in there in a way that it needs to stay until the doctors can get to it. Wow. Yeah, so if you take first aid, that's what they tell you. Don't yeah. pull it out. I remember that. Wrap it and go to the hospital. Wrap it and go to the hospital. But I... In my, like, mm-hmm. and you hear the story of um, the alligator, what was the alligator uh, guy? That was the, what was his name? Um, the guy who got, um, oh, um, um, God. With the, with the, the stingray went thing into, his, yeah. into his heart. Uh-huh. Yeah. What was his name? The, he was the, the crocodile hunter. The crocodile, crocodile hunter. Was that it? He <laughs> was the crocodile hunter, but his name was like, I think it was like Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way. Well, anyway, that's what he did when he got stung. Just like, I, I don't know if it was out of shock or what, he pulled it out. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered if he just would not have done that if he would have, I mean, they're in the middle. Irwin. There you mm-hmm. go. They're in the middle of the ocean. There's, again, the ocean, another reason for me to not go to the ocean. But anyway, um, even though I know the information that you're not supposed to do it, I just feel like I would be like, no, no, I got, I have to pull it out, and mm-hmm. then I would. And so, in this scene, he was like, Logan was me. Like I could see me seeing something inside my leg and just like start digging it out and just like stick it. And there is an actual panel where he has his fingers stuck yes. into the flesh of his leg. Yeah. The the body horror gets real yeah, in this comic. Digging, yeah, and dig, trying to get out what is in there. Yeah. And yeah, so that that scene, as gross as it was, actually resonated with me a lot because I'm like, yeah. oh my god, that would be me. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, yeah, I would totally do that. I saw The Ruins, or I forgot, it's a horror movie, and yes, I would definitely go up digging in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forget it, amputate my leg. I don't care. Let's do this. What, what that, that scene reminded me, in that scene, The Mummy, The Beatles. Oh, oh they, they yeah. Were scarabs. Yeah, the scarabs. Yeah. The, the scarabs. That's what the, I was just like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to take that knife and dig that thing out of me. I don't yeah. care. Look, like I get all frustrated when I have pimples. I start popping them. <laughs> like, I am digging in that leg. So yeah, if you see an eyeball, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming out. I'm pulling that sucker out. <laughs> but yes, it was really creepy and kind of awesome at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So are we ready to rate this? Yeah. This book? Yeah. All right. So what do you guys rate it? I give it uh, three conchas and a cup of champurrado because I loved it. I love the colors. I love the art. I love where she's going with this. And I've caught up, and I love the current storyline that's going on. (laughs) So I give it three conchas. I really liked it. Um, It took me a while to get into it, though. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a hard time identifying with um, the characters and didn't really care too much about them until the end. Mm -hmm. And so – and then – I think just our conversation here has also helped me to have a, a bigger affinity for it. So I do give it three. Her, The fact that she writes it, the fact that she draws it, the fact that she letters it, the fact that it was a webcomic that had such a following that it had a successful Kickstarter and um, garnered attention from Oni, um, I think is amazing. So just on that alone, I would say three conchas. But, yeah, it, I, the horror comedy thing, totally, I love. I'm going to say three conchas and the panaderia. For, for <laughs> the me, whole panaderia? The whole panaderia. Oh, oh my God. You know, I don't know it was, if it was the moment I read it, but um, I started reading it when I was waiting in line at Monkish for a uh, can release. Oh, 
Okay. Ah. And so um, I guess the whole, the drink, that introduction to the drink and stuff and being in line for a beer, <laughs> um, it just, I don't know, it was just, I don't know, serendipity. It was just a perfect moment. <laughs> and it, um, I love it. I love the fact that it's horror. Um, yeah. I, I really love the dialogue. Just, I can't mm-hmm. say enough about that. And the artwork just kicks my butt. And the fact that she did all three. Yes. Yeah. That just, I'm a big fan of people who do all three and pull it off with oh, such an yeah. amazing, eff- almost effortless mm-hmm. look. Yeah. And the fact that she came from a Kickstarter and, and the, the content is available for free. Yeah. And she still has it published. Yeah. Amazing. She has, I'm like, we're not worthy. <laughs> so that, that's, that's what, that's how I feel. And I'm really grateful that you guys, um, chose this book to read because I love it. Yay. And I cannot wait. Yes. <laughs> and I can't wait to read the rest of it. The, the other two yeah. comics. Yeah. And I'm going to purchase them because um, although it's free, I really like the feel of having being able to flip back and forth. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yes, that that's our review, guys. Yeah. It's uh, three conchas, three conchas and a champorrado, and three conchas and three conchas and a panadería. <laughs> Alright guys, it looks like it's time for On My Radar. This time. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. Gosh. Oh my God. A little green. So what, what's on your radar, Kristen? So On My Radar is a book that I read this week and you will all be familiar with the character. Um, probably. It's um, Marvel's Venomverse. I read number one, and I really liked it a lot. That's good. So I had been reading the whole um, Edge of of Venomverse um, stories, which had been one-shots coming out where um, Marvel characters were, quote-unquote, venomized. So there Mm -hmm. was a, um, there was a all-new Wolverine, Wolverine. there was, I believe, a was there a Gwenpool? A Gwenpool. Uh-huh. Um, there were a couple of... Ghost Rider. Oh, that okay. Yeah, that there was, was a, my favorite. So there was a couple of, of um, one-shots that came out where these characters were venomized, and it was a story. I read All New World and I really liked it. Um, and I think there was another one that I read, too. I read two of them, and both of them were really good. I thought you liked the Gwenpool one, too. Maybe that was it. Yeah. And I, there was a Wolverine one and a Deadpool one. Okay, I didn't read yeah. Deadpool. Yeah. Um, so when, um, so when Venom verse number one came out and it was, uh, I saw written by Cullen Bunn, um, <laughs> I had to buy it. I, oh, Cullen I had Bunn to read it. Cullen it. Bunn is writing it and I'm huh. a huge Cullen Bunn fan. I'm not, I think I shared the story with you, but just a, a short little, um, TDLR, uh, I pushed, uh, <laughs> I pushed the creator of, um, of Deadpool out of the way. I pushed Rob Liefeld out of the way to get to Cullen Bunn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I literally physically pushed him out of the way. I just, I was so excited to meet Cullen Bunn. And um, so that uh, was kind of the, it was a done deal when I saw that this came out. I have really been enjoying the um, the Venom series that has uh, been, uh, that's currently running where um, Eddie, Eddie, it was, 
can't remember who the character's name is, but um, Eddie Brock, the original Venom, has come back into the storyline, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the story around that and him taking back the uh, the symbiote. Mm-hmm. And so though all those things all together, the fact that I loved the um, Edge of Venomverse, that Colin Bunn wrote it, and that I was enjoying the Eddie Brock Venom storyline, um, drove me to pick this up, and I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm going to be uh, further reading it. And there's a um, a little bit of background. Just um, uh, Eddie Brock is the Venom, and he is um, he had this fight with Jack O' Lantern in this first issue, and somehow gets transported to like a far off world. And when he's in this world, he learns that there's this, like, deadly species called poisons. And um, when you touch them, they take you over, and it's kind of like kind of like a, a bad symbiote type thing that you can never take off. It's like it, they just take over you, and that's it. And so, um, and they are hunting venoms. So they're hunting him, they're hunting, and all the characters from the Edge of Venom verse one shots are in this book. Yes, so I get more venomized yes. Robbie Reyes. They're in this oh book God, and yeah. they're in this world. <laughs> and so um, that was pretty awesome. He kind of didn't want to have anything to do with these people and was like, no, I'm just, I, I, I'll do me. But he doesn't have a choice because they are, um, they're hunting venoms. And so he has to stay and um, to fight and also find a way home because this is like an alternate universe type story. Because of course it is. It's Marvel. But I highly recommend it. <laughs> Um, it's on my radar. It came out this week. Venom verse number one by Colin Bunt. And uh, an interesting little um, awesome side note. A Hispanic is the colorist. Um, I mean, the artist. Uh, I don't think he's a colorist. He's the inker. Um, his name is um, Ivan Quayle. Um, he's Spanish, um, and he um, is pretty awesome. The The art is really good. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Excellent. He has Robbie Reyes in it, too, so, like, oh, maybe that's something we should look into the future. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. So, On My Radar is actually twofold. Um, for the comic book side of it, uh, a new comic came out that I really, really like, uh, and it's not because it has dragons, but it very strongly is. It's called Scales and Scoundrels. It's actually my pick of the week. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I actually read it, too. Did you like it? I did. It's, it's really cute. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Scales and Scoundrels is an image comic, and it is written by Sebastian Gurner and artist Ama Gallad with letter designer uh, Jeff Powell. And the description for it is, it's, it's hard to make an honest living in a land brimming with magic and mystery, and treasure hunter Lavander is tired of being a penniless adventurer. Ever in search of gold and glory, she sets off for a fabled dungeon, the Dragon's Maw, an ancient labyrinth at the bottom of which slumbers endless wealth or certain doom. But what starts out as a road to riches becomes the first step on an epic journey of a much different kind. For Lavender holds a secret in her heart that will shatter the chains of fate and bring light to a world encroached upon by an ancient darkness. So, (laughs) this is a fantasy series, a kind of D&D fantasy series, and I am all about that. I love fantasy series, and I love anything that has dragons in it. There and seems to be a lot out recently. And I think I know why, because I'm currently listening to it. This is my second on my radar. There's a podcast called The Adventure Zone that I'm currently oh, binge right, right. Uh-huh. listening to. And this uh, this is why I'm laughing on the bus by myself and people looking at it. <laughs> but I love it because The Adventure Zone is a podcast about um, um, 
three brothers and their dad playing D and D. Right. And oh wow. They've gotten they got super popular uh-huh. online and everything. And so like it D and D itself has been kind of rising up yes. again. Uh, yeah. Like it's always been kind of like an up in underground big thing, yeah. especially in the like Nerd. I think the resurgence Nerd. really came from Stranger Things. And oh and right, Stranger that Things. is yeah. so true. Yeah. But um, uh, the the um uh, the Adventure Zone is about them playing D and D, and they make their own characters, and it's hilarious because they no one. I don't want to say no one really knows how to play D and D, but no one really knows how to play D and D because it's just like there's a handbook and everything, yeah. but it's a lot of on the spot innovation, right. and yeah. it's. You kind of hold to the whims of your DM. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if he says if something goes or something doesn't, yes. and it's all about roles, and it's all about rule making rules either on the spot or saying, man, fuck the rules. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a role-playing game, and for those who don't know what Dungeons & Dragons is, <laughs> yeah. or haven't at least heard about it, it is a role-playing game, and it is one of the oldest yes. role-playing mm-hmm. games uh, out there. And it's um, I highly recommend this podcast because... Uh, they it's it's hilarious. They don't again. They don't pay much of a, uh, attention to the rules. Like they still adhere to some of them, but it's so funny. My favorite character on there is an elf called Taco. <laughs> <laughs> his, his name is literally uh, it's T A A K O uh-huh. and then T A C O. It's Taco. Taco. His last name is Taco. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. he's hilarious because. Um, it started off as a joke, but his, like, super adventure quest is to create the taco. Because <laughs> tacos don't exist in d oh and d And that's, like, this is, this is, like, the beginning of this, like, it gets so much funnier, and it's so much fun listening to them and to all the shit that happens. And it gets, and it, as funny as it is, it gets real, I cried at one point. Wow. It sounds like... Everybody I've talked to who listens to this podcast talks about how super funny it is and how entertaining it is and how much they love it. But when I hear the description of what it actually is, I'm like, that sounds super boring. How is it entertaining? But I swear, everybody that I know that listens to it is like, oh, my God, it's amazing. It, wow. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. And it, I was kind of hesitant to it first because I was just like, Indeed. Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck are they gonna do? Yeah. Just rolling dice. Yeah. But no, it gets the D. The DM. His name's Griffin, and he's I. I don't know if he's the oldest brother, or like the middle brother, or the youngest. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, he's he's very good with setting up scenes and words. So it's kind of like listening to an audio book, except the characters can talk back to you. Yeah, right. Right. That like, is so cool. Like it's it's a it's a lot of fun. This is how. Strongly, I was affected to buy this. I actually bought the D and D handbook. She and did. I know. Yeah, 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 she was there. And I've what? and I, I'm gonna buy the monster manual this weekend because I am. I'm gonna play D and D. I'm actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take that further step into nerddom, and I'm gonna be playing D and D. I was gonna wow. say, geek level up. Oh geek my god, level up. I'm still. But also, I'm also doing it just because I can look Michael in the eye and say, like, I would literally rather play D&D than the play magic. magic. <laughs> wow. I mean, he plays, he plays D&D, too. Oh, he does? He oh, does. Okay. But, like, this is, like, I would I would rather play D&D <laughs> than play Magic the Gathering. Dang. Uh, that was a burn. Know, the, um, speaking of magic, the very next... Um, 
set that comes out is like Ishtana or something like that. It sounds really look okay. Magic sounds cool. Yes, magic sounds it's really the, the cool. The stories that they tell me, mm-hmm. I, I guess apparently this one is like based on like some Mexican like um, mm-hmm. like folklore or like mm-hmm. uh, history or something like that with um, uh, he was telling me today and every time a new set comes out and I ask him about it and they'll be like oh my gosh this one's supposed to be so cool because da 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 and like they were telling me about vampires and fairies and all this and this one woman she's been on uh, she's been on a quest for all these years and now and so they're telling me this I'm like oh my gosh this sounds so it sounds cool sick. oh it my sounds gosh it sounds awesome, awesome. and then I I just know that I I come in and people are playing and they're just sitting there at the table flipping cards. I'm like, this is not cool. This is not sick. This is not awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's just because I have uh, I've had like with I have played magic. I've played with um uh, Yair. Yeah. But I think I played with one of the mics and with Junior that one time he was trying to teach us commander. Yeah. And it's it's. I guess I can see the appeal for some people, yeah. but it is not for me. Yeah. It is, I don't, which, I mean, like, I don't know why D&D would, because it's a lot more involved, but there's also more story. You, like, you get to create the story. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Like, you get to create your own character, and I am all about that shit. Yeah. And it's just, whereas with magic, they're already there. And which is interesting, because Wizards of the Coast, which are the kind of people who curate Magic right. Gathering, also do it for D&D. Oh. Yeah, they're the ones who release, like, all that all that stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 pretty funny. So I tried playing D and D when I was in fifth grade, and I think I've shared this before. It was so boring. I every when it first came out, everyone was like, "Oh my god, D and D, D and D, D and D." And then there were also yes, there was a cartoon oh, yeah, series that was that. one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. And there was also all these stories. There was these news stories about how parents were not allowing their children to play Dungeons and Dragons because it was the, the devil's time. work. And so, of course, that made me more interested. So, I, myself, and um, my best friend in fifth grade with her little brother, who was like two grades below us, um, start playing this. And I was like so excited for this to be like, oh, my God, this is going to be the shit. And we're going to come back to school on Monday and have this awesome story to tell and when i realized that it was literally just us there rolling dice again like jen said mm-hmm. not understanding what the fuck was going on yeah. and then the th- little third grader being the dm i oh, was like i was wow. so bored i i all i remember <laughs> is like wa- watching and listening to him read out of a book and like having no interest whatsoever in Aww. what was going on so <laughs> when i hear stories of like how exciting and interesting and everything. I'm like, I really feel like I would enjoy it, but I just don't know how to get to the point where I, yeah, it would be enjoyable. I have to honestly look up where to actually play D&D because I know there's a group that comes every once in a while to play at Heidi Ho. Oh, really? It's like once every two or three months that they come in. Okay. Yeah, and then they're just like, oh, oh yes, I saw a girl over on the table one time, and she was all serious. Mm-hmm. She had her her computer where she was like writing mm-hmm. stuff, and she had like this um 
she had this cardboard wall between her and the players and uh-huh. they couldn't see and she was and she was like seriously like typing away. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, they're like <laughs> it's they're like, like very serious. Yeah. But um uh, like I'm actually I I am gonna I am going to look into like how like because there supposedly there's a website where it says like oh these stores hold D and D stuff. Oh. So I would like to go. I just hope that it's at a okay place yeah. because like uh, sometimes if it's not my comic book store I'm hesitant to walk into it right yeah. right I just or can't. if it's not a Valkyrie one I'm yeah I'm absolutely hesitant to walk into a comic book store I mean imagine yeah. walking into Heidi Ho um, during F&M and not having not knowing anybody there or yeah. not yeah I could totally see that yeah and so like if I would like if I would I at least know some people now yeah. from the magic side who will play F&M and yeah. I've chatted to them a bit. Right. So now, even when I do walk in, I'm just like, what's yes. And I'm just like, and then, like, I just do my thing. At, and this is at Heidi Ho. But, like, if walking into another store and, like, I see something like F&M going on and I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, your girl is out. Even though I would technically know what's going right, on, yeah. I would still be like, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Like, slowly walk back. Slowly walk backwards. <laughs> don't make any sudden movements. Don't, don't make any sudden movements. Don't make contact. Just sneak yeah. away. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, um, uh, whatchamacallit. But, um, I'm going to look into it. Uh, yeah, you got to play D&D, too. Well, um, I think definitely this is an opportunity. Uh, if any listeners out there play D&D and you have any recommendations or information about where Jen can get started in the Los Angeles area or even websites and stuff that we can go mm-hmm. to to um, find out more information, for sure hit us up on all of our social media because it interests me, too. Yeah. I just don't uh, I don't know where to start. Yeah, I kind of seen here that uh, the player's handbook is apparently a good place to start, and it was. It's actually really interesting to read okay. because it gets into like about races and what classes you yes, are. Yes, you know there was yeah. an RPG when I was in high school that also parents wouldn't let their kids play. It was Vampire Masquerade. Vampire the Masquerade. That's right. And there even was a TV show. There was a TV show around it. Mm -hmm. Uh, C. Thomas Howell was the main character. And um, so those of you who don't know that name, he was Pony Boy. Oh! Holy shit! Golden. He was Pony Boy in The Outsiders. So he played the main um, cop in the movie who like knew something was going on and he was like trying to figure it out but um the tv mm-hmm. show was so good and it got canceled like i think um the main vampire dude got killed in a motorcycle and they never went um I, I used to have the VHS tapes of it. Oh, I my God. It. No way. I don't know if it's on the What is it called again? Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, it, what, the show was that called was Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, wow. So, um, so, yeah, I knew that it was based off of uh, this. And some, we actually had, when we first bought Heidi Ho, found some of the, um, the, really? the handbooks. Oh and so God. I wanted to keep them. And who knows if people still play? They might. They might. But the, bring it back. the different factions of vampires and, like, the different powers they had, the TV show was so amazing. And so mm-hmm. I can't imagine that the, the you could really get some good storylines out of it. I loved it. So, yeah, yeah. if you ever uh, find a way to watch that, I mean, again, who knows? It was in the early 90s, and <laughs> now um, it, it might not have aged well, but I loved it at the time. Wow. 
I did not know that about you. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, though. I was a huge vampire anything fan until Twilight came out and ruined oh, it. Oh, I know, right? I've been getting back into a lot of vampire stuff yeah. again. Like, oh my god, I was diehard vampire vampire stuff. And then I I did read Twilight, and I was a fan I did of too. it. And I was uh, I was a fan of I it. I wasn't a fan, I was, but I read it. I was in middle school, so forgive, oh, forgive okay. me, forgive yes. my judgment. Uh, but this, <laughs> and as I grew as I grew older, and I really examined, it, I was just like. Man, this is like this yeah. is subpar writing. Yes, like, it is interesting ideas, but subpar writing and stuff like that. Yeah, but I've been getting back into vampire stuff, and uh, I'm gonna be garbage so fed again. The too. thing that actually got me a little bit interested is the strain. If you're not watching the strain on oh, FX, I highly recommend it. The strain's good. I really and it's Guillermo del Toro. Oh my god! Okay, I read okay. the comic. Yeah, the first trade uh-huh. paperback, amazing. Okay. Um. The Shape of Water, also by Guillermo del yeah, Toro. Really? Watch it, please. Oh my God, please watch it. It's so good, and you get so emotional. Like I, Guillermo del Toro is so good. Netflix or Hulu? No, it's, it's a new movie. Oh, it just, oh, it just oh, came out. And it's okay. The, literally, the premise is this lady falls in love with a fish person. What? A fish person? And not a mermaid. Uh huh. Literally, like. Um, uh, um, uh, Abe Sapien in Hellboy? Yes. Like him. <laughs> wow. But, oh, my God, like, but the way, like, oh, my God, it's so good. Like, you will cry. It's okay. so It's in good. theaters right now? It's in theaters. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, trying to find this Vampire Masquerade show. <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Vampire the Masquerade show. Okay. Well. So, something about oh. Embrace, the Embrace. Oh, is that what it was? (laughs) See, my memory. This was a long time. That sounds familiar. The Embrace. That sounds familiar. Well, yeah. It says Kindred the Embrace. Yes, Kindred the Embrace. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally off. I was like, I can't find it. Well, see, you did find it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, yeah. Okay, so uh, Kindred the Embrace, guys. Uh, Look it up. I'm going to, definitely after this, I'm going to go on Hulu, on Netflix, on HBO Go, uh, just (laughs) Amazon Prime, Prime, see what I can find. Okay, so did you do your on the road? No. (laughs) (laughs) We We went on a <laughs> but it's exciting. I mean, I don't. I would love to play uh, Vampire the Masquerade. I think that I, I was at Diamond when they. Um, I worked at Diamond when we were packing the cards for Vampire Masquerade, and I know. I oh, was wow. Yeah, I was wondering what is this, and there was a. Uh, there was always orders for it. Um, so they're they're out there popular. somewhere. You know, there's they're out there. They're That's out it. There. Our, our next thing is going to be either a D and D campaign or vampire <laughs> the, bringing back vampire the masquerade. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. We play the uh, the episodes in the background. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. <laughs> on my radar, um, this is kind of funny because on I was holding on to this on my radar for a while. Uh, Monty Gomez, uh, the creator of uh, the Luchadores. Um, yeah, the comic book we reviewed that we got at um, East LA Comic Con. Yeah. He's coming out with his second comic. That's right. So he was gonna do Issue number two. Yes. Yes. Oh my um, god. He and on September twentieth, 
between 5 and 8 at the Comic Bug in Manhattan Beach. He was going to do a signing. Mm-hmm. And I say was because it was canceled. Yeah. I know. I saw that. I, I was so sad. I was gearing up to actually go. And if I was going to work, I'm just going to like, Kevin, cover for me. Because well, I really like Monty Gomez. The, the Comic Bug has a lot of good uh, signings. This yes. last Wednesday, they had um, the Clueless. Uh, trade paperback. Oh, that's right. Uh, the creators, one of them, which is Amber Benson, who uh, is from Buffy. She's um, Willow's girlfriend on Buffy. Oh, yes, I like her. Yeah, she, hey. she's a writer, and um, she also is Cena Grace's best friend. Hey. Uh, if you watch um, his web, his webisodes, um, which is oh, uh, what are they called? I can't remember. He's written so many books, I get them all mixed up. But I'll tell you. I'll look it up right now and tell you what it is. But um, she's she co-stars in those, or she like does guest appearances and stuff. And they're good. They're best friends in real life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. she was at she was at Comic Bug with the two other creators, and I really wanted to go to that because I love Clueless. But I work on Wednesdays at Heidi, <laughs> so I could never go to any of the signings. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. I I actually met Alyssa Milano. Yes, I saw her. when she was there. Yeah, so I went to that, and that was also at the Comic Bug. Um, anyway, so that was on my radar. Uh, what the other thing that was on my radar was um, we had some Humphreys. Sam Humphreys is on the radar. Last episode was The Nick, the TV show um, that he was saying only went for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, I went all over the place trying to find it because I wanted to watch it immediately after he suggested it. Um, the only place I found it available was Amazon Prime, and I had to buy it. Mm-hmm. So um, if you were looking for it, it's on Amazon Prime for sale. So that that's on my radar. <laughs> it's and, like two and, failed attempts. <laughs> and just uh, uh, really quick, Self Obsessed is the Cena Grace's web um, series that is based on his um, his autobiographical graphic novel that he wrote. And uh, I highly recommend Self Obsessed web series. It's so good. Um, I crack up laughing every. Every time, and it's um, already, uh, season two is already out. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Oh, another thing that's on my radar, just because everything else was a fail, um, was Defenders came out, guys. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> yes. Did you guys watch it at all? Yes, I watched it that weekend. Me too. I binged it. I haven't yet. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> no, well, I just wanted to say it was really great. I really enjoyed yeah, it. I, I, I The anticipation was so great. That I just like flew my load. I, <laughs> I binged it. I binged it while my mom was visiting, and she got so into it that when we finished, she asked for me to start Daredevil season one so she could start watching. It. Oh, nice, yeah. excellent, <laughs> making mm-hmm. making fans. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought all the characters were amazing. Um, even and and Danny improved on his fighting skills. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so he, I think he's still the least likable of all of them, but I mean, he he, I don't hate him uh, at all, and I I didn't hate Iron Fist, mm-hmm. but um, I think yeah, he's definitely the. I'm just not impressed with him. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. no spoilers, although it probably is already out there. But oh my gosh, the last part of um, of Defenders. Um, where you see where the Daredevil story is going, and you also see 
Hopefully, fingers crossed, where the Misty Knight story is. Oh, absolutely. I heard about the Misty Knight story like that. Damn, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and it was what, only eight episodes? Dragon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> only eight. Yeah, but it's perfect, and I think uh, the pace yeah. is great, yeah. and um, I mm-hmm. think they did a really good job. So, and uh, Sigourney Weaver's in this mm-hmm. season, um, and I really enjoyed it. So, hopefully, you guys can. Uh, it's on Netflix. You can stream it. Um, like we said, we we watched it that weekend. It was just we. I was just waiting for it to drop, and once it did, I went I went mm-hmm. right into it. So that's that's on my radar. On my radar again because you just recommend uh, not recommended. You just <laughs> reminded me. I haven't gone to go see it, but um, I wanted yes. to go see the IMAX um, Inhumans. Oh. The first two. <laughs> I thought oh. you were going to say it. Oh, oh no. Yes. No, no, I'm going to go, go see it. that tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but um, same with uh, the comic book Marvel stuff. Um, Inhumans. I IMAX. wanted to go see the Inhumans first two um, episodes that is being shown in IMAX for two weeks before the big premiere uh, in, I don't know, September something or other. Um, I think it's been out for one week already, so there, Ooh, I still I might have another week. Everybody who has seen it has said the same thing. It's not as bad as what everyone is saying. No way. Uh, really? Yes. Hmm. Okay. And so I wanted to go see it. I'm so excited about Inhumans. I love Inhumans. Some of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe are Inhumans. And so um, the, when they first announced this uh, TV show, I was all about it. And then everybody was, uh, you know, just putting it down and negative reviews and the, and once it was actually released and then everybody started reporting negatively on it I was like oh my gosh I'm so sad and disappointed um, but actual comic fans who have gone to see it have said that, that it's not as bad as what everyone's saying for sure there's problems but um, and the fact and you what you said Reminded me, it's only eight episodes the first uh, season or half season really? or whatever. That's all they've done. Yeah, so. Also, hopefully they'll improve. Well, yeah. Maybe they'll take the yeah. criticism to heart. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what they want to do, they might be kind of held back just by, um, from budget. Budget. Uh, CGI, CGI stuff, CGI yeah. Stuff. But, um, but I'm interested in, in going Black Bolt really um, – I really am interested in him as a character. Um, the rest of them or whatever, I, I'm interested uh, for sure in Lockjaw. But what really excites me is the potential of like a Ms. Marvel or even a freaking Karnak. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, I would love yeah. to see Karnak, Karnak. on a TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually I don't want Miss Marvel to appear in the TV show. You want I, a movie? I, I want a movie. I want a full blown movie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a question. Did uh? I want her as iconic as a Spider Man. <laughs> Did Justice League already come out? No. no. Okay. Uh, like the buzz has died for me. Uh, like I I don't even um not even not even on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, though, I did uh, see Wonder Woman in Spanish. Oh, Super really? glorious, yeah, because they just sold it on iTunes. Oh. So uh, my brother and I went half these, and uh, my husband was here this weekend, so we watched it, and uh, amazing in Spanish. Cool. Yeah. Equally as amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like the Justice League movie is going to come and go like BVS did. Mm. And... Well, so Wonder Woman was amazing. Who's directing Justice League? I don't know who's directing it. it Michael Bay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm super I excited to see Aquaman. Uh, yeah, that's, you know what? That's me too. 
I mean, I, the way that I think that Jason Momoa is playing the character, just based on what I've seen in uh, trailers and commercials, I think he's going to steal the show. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I hope it's, so too. it's between him and Wonder Woman. For yeah, me. and I'm not even mm-hmm. talking about his body. I'm talking about just, like, he's kind of like the comedic uh, relief. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. He's going to be the Flash? What? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Flash is, a, is the one who, yeah. usually the comedic yeah. relief. And so, yeah, yeah, Look, yeah. I'm excited for that. I mean, I'm I, excited for that, but I'm kind of. I'm actually salty about the fact that they did not use the same Flash from the TV show. I know, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's so good on the TV show. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have to see. But I did see the guy who's playing the Flash in the, in the movie is the same one who was in, uh, the Beast, Magic Beast, and Where to Find Them. Oh, uh, uh, well, yeah. Is that the title? The Harry Potter one? Yes. I didn't go through that one. I was oh, so yeah. I'm not a Harry Potter fan. What? So. Oh, my God. I'm... <laughs> I can't believe this. You guys don't watch Game of Thrones. You guys don't watch Which Harry Potter. Still, like, fun. I still find that so funny because, like, Game of Thrones sounds like it would be exactly oh, my shit. Oh, yeah. my God. Mine, too. I still... Like, I have blue balls for you guys. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, it's just like, ugh. As a kid, one of my favorite uh, movies was um, uh, Camelot and also... Um, Yep. What's it? King Arthur uh, Excalibur. Oh, Excalibur. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so um, I used to watch that show, that movie over and over and over. And also the uh, the one with Medusa in it. Clash of the Titans. Yes, Clash yes. of the Titans. Oh, I love Clash of the Titans. A Titan, I got the Titan. <laughs> so, so when good. I, when Game of Thrones first came out, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'd love that. But I didn't have HBO. We had poor people cable. Mm-hmm. And so it was just always something that I had heard about but never had the opportunity to watch. Then I saw mm-hmm. one time, way back in the day, that it was on Netflix. Yeah, like, it was oh, on I'm going to watch this on Netflix. And the next thing I know, it was gone. Yeah, Aww. like it wasn't even that like for a month and then it was gone. <laughs> and like I was, that's when I was going to watch it. But then they took it off and I was just like, yeah, because HBO came out with their own streaming. With their own streaming. HBO service. Go. And so, honestly, now it's kind of like a point of contention. The Like, it's just like, <laughs> like where, where I'm just like, you should watch Game of Thrones. When it's available, watch it. Because, <laughs> um, man, if it was on Netflix, I would have been yeah, watched it. But it's too. not on Netflix, yeah. and I'm not paying extra for HBO yeah. Go. Like, when I'm, al- when I'm already helping my parents pay for cable. I have so many people tell me, oh, I'll just give you my HBO uh, pass, go mm-hmm. pass, and you can watch it because you gotta watch it. Oh my god! Well, I'm still uh-huh. waiting. <laughs> You're still, still waiting for those passwords. Look, I love dragons so much. Like, in I can pinpoint to the moment where I fell in love with dragons, and this was in fifth grade. And this was because there used to be story time, like mm-hmm. that, or that my my teacher used to do, and um, um, I still remember that she pulled out a book called Dragon Rider written by Cornelia Funk, and she would read it to the class, like, in the last, like, about 30 to 15 minutes of class, and she would read it, and I fell in love with this book. I begged my parents to buy this book, and to this day, I have that book. I still have that book, and I still reread it, and I still love it, and uh, about two or three years ago, in the Festival of Books, yeah. Cornelia Funk was there. No way! Yeah, and I took my book to her, and I was just all like... Can you please sign this? I have had this book 
since I was basically nine. Uh-huh. And she and and she, I still remember this. And she she took my hand and she was like, "This is what you're supposed to do with a book. You're supposed to treasure it." And I was just like, Aww. "Oh my god!" I broke down in tears in front of her. I was just like, "Oh my god, thank you so much!" <laughs> and like that's that, such an awesome story. You know, this is awesome story. I, I really fucking love dragons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. But like, and, but and yet, Game of Thrones has not. Oh, All right, mean, guys. This yeah. is a promise. I have to find those DVDs, and you guys. You know, I have like <laughs> I right, think the first two or three seasons. Oh, of really? DVDs. Yeah, I got it because uh, my husband watched. My husband also liked it, but he wanted because it's so much going on. Right. He needs to see it in Spanish. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So the only way to do that was through the DVD, right. not the subtitles. Yeah, uh-huh. not subtitles. So um. No, even on HBO Go, they don't put Spanish subtitles. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? So, um, you know, so he, you know, would be completely lost. So, that's why I ended up getting the DVD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like now, but now he, uh, we haven't purchased a new one. So now he's waiting for it to end, and then just buying the whole big, uh, like omnibus or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's. We went all over the place with that on my radar, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, if you find them, I'll I'll finally watch Game of Thrones. Because I I want you guys to be excited. I know about the characters. Well, not all the characters, but like the memes. All I know about Game of Thrones is all the memes that my friends put up on Facebook. I don't get it, but okay. Winter is coming! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Exactly. (laughs) I I drink and I know things. grassroots uh, activism here on Commodity Sea Comics. Um, today's uh, date is September, what is today? Today is September 8th, um, and it's been three days since uh, the executive order that uh, created DACA has be res- been rescinded um, by President Trump. And yeah. uh, I, I think that we have, um, each one of us in this room uh, have a lot of personal feelings about that, um, but also realize that um, a lot of our listeners probably have a lot of feelings um, and emotions about that, and we just kind of wanted to do um, our part uh, in the Juntos y Fuertes section to kind of um, talk about that a little bit and to talk about what's being done, talk about what you can do, and to kind of just um, give this this huge, huge... uh, traumatic uh, incident for a lot of people the the time and attention that it deserves yes uh, so like you said it uh, was the executive order was given on September 8th um, and it's going to be phased September 5th I'm sorry September <laughs> 5th uh, um, it's being phased out and officially uh, will uh, will be completely phased out on uh, March 5th of 2018 yeah. and what this basically means is that no new DACA applications will be accept- accepted um, after today, which uh, uh, September fifth. Right. <clears throat> if your application is not already in the mail, don't send it. That's so, pretty sad. Yeah, That's pretty grim. It, it's it's super super. 
I think, devastating mm-hmm. for a lot of families, not just people who who don't have their their DACA applications in, but for people who had it in, who did everything they were supposed to do and are being told, um, basically, from this administration, um, why don't you do the right thing and um, turn yourself in mm-hmm. or, or self um, self-deport. Self yeah. So for those of you who are listening who um, uh, might only hear the acronym DACA and not really know what that means, it stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And basically mm-hmm. what that was, was um, it, it was uh, an executive order from Obama that was basically saying, hey, these children who have been brought to this country as children, as minors who had no say in it whatsoever, have grown up here in the United States. This is the only country, for all intents and purposes, that they know. They speak English. Um, some people, some some of the dreamers, um, which are what they're, what they're uh, calling. calling them, um, they... Um, some of them didn't even know uh, Spanish. They only spoke English. And some of them, at the beginning, didn't even know yes. that they were immigrants. I've mm-hmm. worked with kids. Um, I've worked with girls, young teen girls, who did not, they were living in this country, they were going to school, and not until they got to the age where it was time for them to apply for a driver's license did they realize that they weren't, um, they weren't, American citizens. American citizens because their parents never told them. Exactly. And, and I can understand as um, a, a mother or a father who only wants the best for their children, um, bring them over to a country where the opportunities are way more accessible and abundant to you than they are in your home country. I can understand that once you're here, you breathe kind of like a sigh of relief and you don't think about the future. You don't think about what the implications of that might mean legally for um, the child and what accesses they might not have mm-hmm. um, that will be uh, detrimental for them when they get older. Um, talking about, you know, small thing, as small of a thing as getting a driver's license, but as big of a thing as um, getting, um, getting a job, getting, getting scholarships, job. yeah, getting, applying to college, yeah, yeah. Pra- or practicing whatever they, it is that they studied, whether it be yes. like uh, law or medicine um that's and they they don't even they don't know so there are plenty of people who are in this country who are not documented who are brought over as children who um who when this whole uh DACA executive order came down were elated and um Basically, what it allows for you is to um, allows for you to work legally because it gives you a social security number. Um, it allows you to go to school. It allows you to do a lot of things that um, not undocumented uh, people were not able to do before. And the way that um, they were able to access a lot of these uh, services was they had to report to the government mm-hmm. um, who they were. Uh, you know, all their personal information, their name, all their birthday, all this stuff. They basically gave the government all the information that they ever would need um, in a situation like this uh, when it was rescinded for them to come and find them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most disheartening things to hear about this whole um, rescind. Re- 
being this whole thing being rescinded is that the people who are being punished are people who did everything right. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's so super sad. DACA recipients have zero criminal records. Mm-hmm. They exactly. have no criminal yeah. records. They cannot could they can't they can't even be like questioned yes. like caught by police like even like for something as minor mm-hmm. as like drinking or anything because they will it will be received. In the last year DACA recipients paid $11.5 billion in taxes. Mm-hmm. We don't even know how much Trump paid. Exactly. Like, yeah, we're, we haven't even seen his taxes. Yeah, and it's just like, it, it's that's a lot of money mm-hmm. that we're receiving from DACA recipients. Yeah. And it's just, it's utterly heartbreaking that someone <laughs> that would rescind this from somebody, from people who are, for all intents and purposes, they think of themselves as citizens. As you, yes, as, as American citizens because they grew up here. They learn the culture. They don't... They Mexico or some place in Central America or South America is at most a distant memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine myself um, being in a situation where I was told, okay, you have to leave the only country that you've ever really remembered and known mm-hmm. and go back to a country that you don't really know anybody you don't speak the language mm-hmm. you um and if you do i guarantee you you don't speak it right oh, um, you'll, you'll be picked out uh immediately as Being soon as you start sma- uh, smelling as soon as you start <laughs> speaking mm-hmm. um because they're going to be able to tell that you are not um, you're not a national. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that brings together a whole bunch of, of problems in and of itself. I mean, a lot of people left um, uh, Southern, Cal- uh, Southern California, Southern America, South America, Central America, Mexico, because of the dire economic situation, um, a lot of them political um, mm-hmm. situations um, from places like... Um, uh, Venezuela, Venezuela Cuba, and, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, places where uh, also were gang um, member affiliation stuff Salvador. is going on. Yeah, El Salvador. Um, people who their lives will be in danger if they are being sent back to mm-hmm. their uh, to these countries, and I just it really comes down to and I, I a lot of people I think um don't want to uh to say it out loud they don't want to acknowledge the fact that th- this um this executive order is based on nothing other than racism against absolutely against mm-hmm. uh, uh people of with brown skin and mm-hmm. the thing is is that it's not just the Latin American countries. There's Asians mm-hmm. that are here. There's Indians. There's people. There's there's um you know uh, black people from countries that uh, mm-hmm. that are being affected. Because the Latinos are the main recipients of DACA. This doesn't apply to just Latinos. Yes. It applies to all children who were brought to the yes. U.S. Uh, when they were young, and I don't think a lot of people realize yeah. this. I don't or think so like, either. Yeah, and because they're just mm-hmm. all uh, they're all gang- gung ho about getting those dirty Mexicans out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> and actually, I saw on the news how like uh, a lot of um, African people or uh, bl- uh, there are black people that um, that actually benefit from this as well. Yeah, the uh-huh. and they were saying that like not much of the media was uh, shining right. a light on their yeah. uh, plight or their struggle mm-hmm. because uh, we were mainly focusing on Latinos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it it not only affects Latinos; it affects a lot of different people and. Mm-hmm. This is just, I don't, I don't even know how this is going to end up. I mean, Trump said he was going to revisit this issue, but I, I mean, who knows? This guy is amazingly... He's a fucking filthy liar. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He, this guy is just, uh, I don't, well, I don't he, even know what he's... He's going to be forced to because uh, the University of California has filed a lawsuit against yeah, him. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that a lot of different uh, states as well, mm-hmm. um, different uh, groups of... Um, I can't remember exactly who it was that I read that it was saying that a, a bunch of them got together and they were filing lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They, um, I think... Um, this is going to go immediate Supreme Court status. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it was a USC that uh, put out a statement that they were going to stand bes- be- beside their students mm-hmm. no yeah. matter what. Yeah. So I thought that and was... And so is Cher. <laughs> Did you see her? I know, I love Cher. Cher. <laughs> I love Cher. Yes, I love Cher. Oh, <laughs> my God. I busted out laughing. Oh, my God. And, and just, just watch me, bitch. Yeah, then keep your eyes open, bitch. Like... I just randomly would say that out loud the whole rest of the day after I read it because it was just so perfect and so funny. So the story about Cher is that she um, tweeted this tweet um, after the whole news came down about uh, Trump rescinding this, um, this the DACA. And um, so she tweeted something to the effect of um, – uh, everybody who can in the in the industry in the entertainment industry take in a DACA recipient, take in a dreamer, support them, hide them, you know, help them. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I definitely will. If you mm-hmm. can do this, you know, do it. And some rando said, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, right, Cher. I'll believe it when I see it." And so Cher's clap back was, "Then keep your eyes open, bitch." Did <laughs> <laughs> she tweets with all capital letters and emojis? So it just made it. I know. One hundred percent more like. Sick ass burn. I, I love yeah, I mean it was it was amazing. It was so um, it was like so amazing to read that coming from her, and um, I think it's received a lot of support from yes. the social uh, social media as well as a lot of artists and people that are in the entertainment yes. uh, industry. And I, I think just what you were saying that is so amazing to see is all the support that um, that dreamers are getting from uh, not only entertainment industry people and movie TV, but also Jen and I were talking about the mm-hmm. comic book industry. Yeah. Um, Sam Humphreys, our guest from the last episode, has been very vocal about um, being uh, against what Trump is doing and mm-hmm. trying to support um, uh, self-help graphics. Self-help graphics. Um, the organization, the nonprofit that I talked about, um, also in um, my um, Juntos y Fuertes, I think last episode last as well, episode. is uh, doing uh, screenings. Uh, there's their uh, screen uh, silk screening on posters. Um, your the rights 
um, that dreamers have um, mm-hmm. and handing them out um, on freeways and just posters showing to know your rights if you are being approached by um, my eyes, by my eyes. Eyes. what are your rights what should you do what is it that um, you can do to help yourself and so people have just been rallying around this issue and it's only been uh, three days exactly it's only mm-hmm. been three days it's only been three days and let me tell you people are pissed I'm hella pissed yeah absolutely because I we I know uh, Dr. Yeah, I do too and my, yes. my own little sister herself she realized she's finally getting to that where she's realized the gravity of this mm-hmm. because her one of her best friends is a DACA recipient, mm-hmm. or she just applied and she doesn't know the result uh, yet. Uh, her oh be- no. her best friend's older brother is going is a DACA recipient, yeah. and it's just like it's like we we all know somebody, yeah, and yes, it's like, it affects everybody. It does. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this is, like I said, it's it's based on nothing other than racism because the things that he says, the things that Trump supporters say about why. These uh, these DACA recipients shouldn't be here, and why they don't deserve to be here. Um, they're just, it's just every single thing that they're saying is it can be debunked immediately, mm-hmm. and a lot of the things aren't even true. Like for example, you can't be a criminal to be a DACA recipient. Exactly. That's another thing you can't get. You can't. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, like Dr. Rosen, they're lazy. They get free stuff. They don't. They don't. They have to pay yes. to renew their DACA. Exactly. They have to. They have to pay taxes. And they, they can't are, apply yes. for welfare. They can't. They can't even cash. They pay for Social Security, but they can't. Uh, they can't get that. They they can't. Uh, they can't be recipients of federal funding. Yeah. Like exactly. for example, if I'm a college uh, student who is a DACA recipient. I can um, not receive any kind of federal funding. Like, so, for example, FAFSA. the FAFSA Ow. stuff mm-hmm. um, that you are applying for, you can't uh, you can't receive. But if your college has scholarships um, that is specific to the college, or if it's like a state uh, thing, you can you can receive those things. Mm-hmm. But you cannot receive federal funding. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, people's gripes about um, how uh, these DACA recipients are just mooching off the system. It's complete misinformation based on racism. And I saw something funny. Uh, people, I saw something funny because a lot of the rhetoric is either that, one, they're stealing jobs, or and that they're lazy. Yes. They're fucking Schrodinger's so immigrants. They're Schrodinger's immigrants. How can they both be lazy and stealing your jobs? We need to make a shirt. <laughs> we should. We should definitely make a shirt. Oh, it's just. Uh, it's. It's. Uh, it's. I don't. I don't even know. I mean, um, it, when Trump became president and he got uh, sworn in on my birthday, January twentieth, I I wept. I wept yeah. for like months, and this whole DACA incident has had me crying in my car for the la- last few days. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I, I have cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. I have cousins. Um, there's a lot of people I know that have benefited from this, you know, that are not criminals, yeah. that are, you know, students. And, um, and they work hard. And they work hard, of course. And, and at the end of the day, they're fucking people. They're exactly. human beings. And that's the thing that I don't understand. That how can you, how can anybody just dehumanize this, this whole situation and just be like, you know, they need to leave. They need to, you don't, 
I don't understand how easy it is for you to just uh, completely uh, ignore the fact that they're they're humans. They have families. They have lives. They have loves. They have they have emotions. They have everything that you have in your life. And imagine someone ripping you from your family and from the only home you've ever known. Exactly. I mean, there are stories that are coming out. There are people that are doing the residency mm-hmm. that. After they're done with the residency, they won't be able to work because yeah. of this, mm-hmm. and and they'll be in debt for a lot of money due to like uh, medical school. Yeah. I mean, there are so many stories out there. Uh, people in law school that won't be able to practice because of this. I mean, this mm-hmm. is out of control. Um, and dude, I don't know. Like, it just I feel so helpless. Yeah, and these are people in school. They're this is and this is what well, always that's funny is that they are working. They're getting a college degree to work here. They're not like going back to like Mexico and gonna practice law over there. No, they're practicing. They're studying to practice law here, to practice medicine here, to practice teaching, uh, and all these other stuff that you get degrees for. Is like they're doing it to contribute to here. Yeah. And people want to kick them out. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like well. Well, shit, bitch. I I knew you were dumb, but huh, damn. Now I know how really fucking dumb you are. <laughs> Um, it's uh, I don't know I I hope we shed some light on this um, as we should because uh, we represent we represent a great deal of the community that's being affected we have people we know that is being affected mm-hmm. uh, we're all human beings and um, and we're not act well I wouldn't say we but the government is not acting as as they're not representing us is what i'm saying i feel like they're not they're going against against yeah. the people and i i'm saddened by that definitely so you you definitely hit on something sarah saying that you you feel helpless and there's definitely um i think that widespread feeling of um of feeling like there's nothing to do um, but there are um, organizations that are coming out and saying there you can do something you can there there's definitely things that you can do to try to make a difference and one of the first things um, is definitely to uh, to donate to um, a, DAPA, a, a DACA application renewal fund um, and uh, since it's being phased out over the course of six months, people whose permits are set to expire prior to March 5th, they still have the option to renew for another two years. So um, if they get their paperwork in by October 5th uh, and simply filling the application out with U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services costs $495. Good God. So um, you uh, – and that's on top of lawyer fees. Exactly. So you can um, you can donate to um, to help support a DACA recipient renew their application. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it just says just what we're doing right now. Just talk, talk mm-hmm. to people and get out the information mm-hmm. and talk to your representatives um, mm-hmm. at the local level. Um, a lot of people think that our government works from the top down, and that's not how it works. It works from the bottom up. There's a lot that you can do locally, and grassroots organizations are, are mm-hmm. a, a plenty here in Los Angeles. Yeah. <clears throat> Donate to the ACLU, who are also filing a lawsuit yes. against um, uh, Trump yeah. for 
So just clearing up misconceptions like we talked about right now uh, on the segment of, you know, there are a lot of people out there that just have the wrong idea and are supporting what Trump is doing because they buy into the rhetoric that has been spread just to spread hate and anger and just talk to people and try to spread the, the real uh, information. Um, joining a local advocacy uh, group because like i said there's people out there that are doing work and they um if they if you can't donate money definitely donate your time um there is a, a lot of works um a lot of works a lot of groups that work out there um there are, are even uh uh groups that are helping specific uh, groups within the DACA recipient or um, community like um, trans and queer recipients. They have a whole other group uh, of issues that they're dealing with on top of the fact that, oh that their God. stuff is being taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, ask your congressional representatives to support the DREAM Act. And mm-hmm. I think um, on my Facebook page, I've just seen people on my Facebook page saying that they've been calling and sending uh, messages. And there's a Facebook is so freaking amazing in that if um, if uh, you haven't already done it, they themselves will. If you turn on your um, your GPS, they will locate you and they will connect you to all the Facebook pages of your representatives, your congressman, wow. your representatives, your mm-hmm. your local mayor, and you that will help you to know who you need to go to and talk to. And even if it is your local mayor, you know, that that mayor is going to get tired of hearing about you complaining about DACA, and it might not be on his uh, on his agenda, but if enough people are bringing it up and complaining and saying that this is an issue that is important to you and your community, then it's going to have to become on his radar. <laughs> yeah. um, another thing that uh, they're saying to do is just um, tell... Uh, this this says tell local elected officials that you want to end uh, you want an end to the quote unquote broken windows policing. So in order to apply for a DACA, Dreamers had to give the U.S. government a lot of personal information, like we talked about, um, such as where they live, where they work, where they go to school. It's the same information, just like I said, that you can now theoretically track them down to deport them. So. Um, uh, it's uh, really talking about um, how uh, the, to to really we don't know if this is going to happen. Hopefully, it doesn't. Um, and again, we talked about how the White House is saying that um, they are hoping that Dreamers will self uh, self deport. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I, I seriously doubt that that's going to happen. No. Uh, if if it's, I had going to rip me you off. Got nowhere to go right, in this right. other country. Yeah. Right. You're going to have to rip me out of this country, bitch. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so, um, so this is the thing, the broken window thing, is that um, if you live in low-income neighborhoods or are a person of color, it's uh, kind of hard to prevent having, um, having any kind of confrontation with police. Right. That's mm-hmm. just the truth of it. Mm-hmm. If you're driving and you're a person of color with a broken taillight, you're going to get pulled over. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you know, anything like that. So that's the whole uh, thing about broken window policing is that, I mean, it's it's a racist uh, thing. It's, uh, I mean, just stop and frisk. Uh, just think about mm-hmm. that. 
and, and so really trying to talk to your officials about not allowing, like, if you get pulled over for a broken taillight or whatever, they shouldn't be able to to do all these uh, checks and see that you're a DACA recipient and then now you're marked and you're deported. You're not committing a crime. There's nothing that you're doing that should should be um, leading to you uh, getting uh, arrested for a crime. Um and uh, the sixth thing on this list is to help fund college scholarships for undocumented students. Like I said, like we said, you, they don't get federal funding. They're, they solely depend on um, paying them, for themselves. Um, I'm sure that those banks out there aren't caring that they're not, uh, they're not uh, <laughs> citizens when they're giving them loans because they have that Social Security number. So um, doing... Local scholarships or, or uh, sco- college scholarships, um, donating to that kind of thing or setting up a scholarship in the name of an un- uh, undocumented student um, is definitely all things that you can do. Um, this was actually an article uh, that uh, the Phoenix New Times um, they uh, put out this week and there's plenty of other articles that I've seen out there of things that you can do so I know that it feels helpless but um, you can definitely do something thank you so much for that information because I just no I'm, I'm excited I can do something I don't feel as helpless and as detached from what's going on because this doesn't affect me directly, you know. Yeah. So and it's something that you can do, and it's a, even if it's just calling your mm-hmm. uh, me and telling them to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I, I I'm very excited about this because <clears throat> because we're here to stay. Yep. Basically. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, I am really emotional right now. Um, okay. So, any other? <laughs> that was really powerful, guys. <laughs> um, I think that was a lot. I think together we will continue to stay juntos y fuertes against this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. All right, I guess that brings us to the end of our episode. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to contact us on social media. I mean, Kristen is really on point on these things, so um, feel free to do that. Um, Kristen knows what's up. She knows. (laughs) She knows what's up. She knows how to contact your representative. Well, not exactly, but she can steer you in the right direction. So let us not lose hope or faith. And um, if you're religious, pray. And if you're not, just have good vibes and uh, involve yourself with your community. And I guess that's our episode. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So uh, any um, last shout-outs? I just want to talk um, again about the fact that we're on Instagram, and we're going to be having a um, contest here coming up on all of our social media platforms. As you know, because we can't stop talking about it, we interviewed Sam Humphreys on our episode 19. Definitely give it a listen to. He's amazing. He's super creative, and he's so cool to talk to and he has such a great sense of humor um it's uh it's definitely worth it for you to listen to episode 19 just to um hear the um (laughs) the response that we got when we um had to break it to uh sam humphreys that his favorite restaurant in the midwest uh chichi's actually means uh boobies (laughs) in spanish slang um so uh sam for being uh a uh uh guest on comadres y comics and also as a thank you 
for the amazing uh, piñata that uh, that Sarah made for him um, from his, for his uh, Green Lantern character, um, Jessica Cruz. He gave us some signed books. Um, I think we have some Green Lanterns and also, uh, do we have a Jonesy? I don't think we have okay, a Jonesy. Okay, so but... Green Lanterns. Yes. Yeah. So signed by Sam Humphreys, and we're going to be giving them away. And all you have to do is keep an eye out for our posts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you like, share, and comment, comment. on Facebook or like, share, and repost. Uh, I'm sorry, like, comment, and repost on Instagram or retweet on Twitter, you will be entered. It's as easy as that. And what we're going to, we'll be putting up those. Um, we'll be putting up those posts in within the next couple of days. Yes, exactly. Also, we still have that ongoing uh, contest. Uh, uh, like us and um, comment, uh, review us on iTunes. It's still going on, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we know people are listening, but you're just not reviewing. So yeah, man, do it. <laughs> it only takes a little bit of time. Just sign into your iTunes, rate and review. And uh, so to find us on Instagram, we are Comadresy Comics uh, on Instagram, and then on Twitter, Jen, are we're Comic uh, Comadres. Comic Comadres. Okay, and then on Facebook, we're. Comadresy Comics on Facebook. Also, we just got a, a Snapchat, so whenever we have any oh, uh, yeah. comic book related activities or comic book uh, related or podcast related um, activities, we post on the uh, Snapchat. So we will be sharing that um, code on our Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye.